I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Yes, sir. There we go. We are. We are. We, <laughs> that are, was, that <laughs> we, was we are live. The normal sitting right next to the tree. Was that Randy Hold. Savage? <laughs> <laughs> this week, Easter time at Easter Road, and it wasn't exciting. It wasn't excellent. In fact, it was excruciating. Celtic failed to rise on Easter Sunday as we play out another drab nil-nil draw. Up next is Kilmarnock as we stumble towards title number 8. On this day in 2007, Celtic sealed the league at Rugby Park. We look back at that and we look back at the birthday of a Celtic legend. All this and more on this episode of 20 Minute Time. Minute Tim's episode 177. I am joined by Martin Melly, yes, Glasgow's favourite son. Stop it. And who's this to my left? <laughs> Stephen. Hi there. How There's a doing? scotcher out there, and we've huddled around some microphones to bring you some red hot content on this glorious Monday, bank holiday Monday afternoon. It is about, oh, and incidentally, I'm Jamie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's about 22 degrees in, outside, and we've locked ourselves in a sweaty box. <laughs> Uh, to talk mostly about Hibs nil, Celtic nil. Scintillating stuff. An, <laughs> I'm sure you'll agree. An absolute scorcher of a game. But we're not l- going to let that hold us back, are we, Melly? There's not going to be hold, no holding back tonight, I'm afraid. We are committed to bringing you red hot content directly into your ears. So, Stephen. Sounds unpleasant. Well, <laughs> <laughs> um, do you know what else sounded unpleasant? That lineup. <laughs> as soon as I. Melly, Melly, well, I'm going to jump in here before Melly shames me. As soon as I saw the lineup. I looked at the coupons, Hibs, 7-1. I went, you know what? I'm going to take a nibble at that. Because <laughs> I had absolutely no faith in no Izagiri at all. Um, and, I, and I was right to. Izagiri playing for the third time this season against Hibs. Something of a specialist. <laughs> he he gets brought in for the Hibs games. Um, yeah, at risk of repeating myself, not not a great performance from Izzy again. It actually had me wondering where Calvin Miller is now it's a sad day <laughs> nothing wrong with Calvin Miller but he's, but he's still largely unproven but I am now pining for Calvin Miller to come back into the Celtic squad I hadn't realised he was on loan at air yep. he's actually scored on Friday night weirdly enough um, yeah not not good again there were several moments where Horgan Daryl Horgan got the better of him in the first half and right, that's fine but see if if you just simply have got to the stage of your career where you can't keep up with these up-and-coming young whippersnappers in the Hibs team. You can't keep pace with them, right? Fine, I'll accept it. But no on the Celtic team, please, no. if if that could be avoided. Well, you said, was it recently you said he wouldn't get a game for a team like No, this? he wouldn't. He absolutely wouldn't. We Celtic effectively signed a guy, and I, I find myself, right, I know it sounds like I'm just being cruel to Izagiri, but I, this is what we've been presented here. Yeah. Right? I, I don't like having a go at him because I really like Izagiri. Obviously, in his first couple of seasons, he was brilliant, but 
it's, it's beyond a joke now. There was a moment in the first half against Hibs where they just played a 1-2 around him. They were a wee bit lucky with the break of the ball when he it came back. But, but he didn't bother. He just no. didn't bother trying to get back and he was completely taken out of the play. It's it's not good. It just when the lineup came out, I just looked at it like, <laughs> that so noise, uninspiring. Huh? Lustig and Izagiri at fullbacks. Come on. Ralston and Danny Church are playing for the reserves today. Are they any worse than that? They can't I be. doubt it. I've said that as well. That there can't be anyone in the Celtic squad within reason over the age of 18. So left na- footed. Yeah, All you need is a left foot. I'll narrow it down to that, right? So anyone over the age of 18 who has left foot and has any experience at all at playing at left back, not necessarily in first team football, but any at all, can't be worse than Emilio Zagiri at the moment. It's that old phrase, but it, it does hold true so far as Zagiri is concerned. See if you're not good enough to get in the team ahead of Zagiri. You might as well chuck it. <laughs> you might as well chuck it. The thing is, Celtic, it, it was a poor signing, Jamie. You flagged it up at the time. You called red it flag. a red flag. And you, you said that it would... None of us knew at the time, as was proven by a hilariously off-the-mark podcast that we recorded <laughs> saying Brendan Rodgers was never going to leave. But none of us knew <laughs> that was going to happen. But you said at the time that this is this is the moment we're going to look back on and think that was... That was the end, the, the beginning of the end when they signed his again. Pleased with yourself, aren't yeah. you? Yeah, pleased with yourself. <laughs> I, I, I'll tell you, all my bold predictions from the beginning of the season have come true. When all they, of them. When they signed his again, when they signed Yusuf Malumbu yeah. as well, because everyone forgets about that yeah. as well, these were all just screaming red flags at the time. Izagiri was good for Celtic, as I said at first, but then he basically chucked it. But he, he retired. He went to go and play in a football and backwater like all the ageing players do. They went and got a move to was it Saudi Arabia yes so that's that's the end of your career that you go there when you've got nothing left to offer and it's just a a final payoff and then it ends up back at Celtic going through the rest of the team but I just it was so uninspiring like the lack of creativity in the team it's just apart from maybe McGregor and Forrest who's going to create chances Mm. in there because your fullbacks aren't getting forward whatsoever they never overlapped at all the two wingers stay wide and whip aimless balls in to a guy who I don't think has ever scored a header for us. <laughs> no, uh, it's and starting to remind me of, do you remember under David Moyes, who I think today celebrates his sixth anniversary of taking the Man United job. <laughs> Still three months to go on that contract, mate. <laughs> uh, when David Moyes, do you remember at the time, he, his team rather broke some unenviable record yeah. of throwing the most aimless crosses into a box of all time in the English Premier League. It was like something something like 80-odd crosses into a box to no one. Yep. Um, Celtic, at the moment, are starting to remind me of that because it all, it all sounds good in theory. Johnny Hayes is a very specific type of player. He does have strengths. He can get to the byline and put crosses in, but there, there's nothing on the end of them at all. Can I, can I just... Can I just there, is a, there is a really good Celtic account. It's called Celtic by Numbers. Ah, yes. It's at Alan underscore Morrison 67. And he pointed out this morning that Celtic are not struggling to re- create chances. They're struggling to score goals. In Lennon's matches, the expected goals is 17.8. Um, and Hayes, as far as creating chances, is fifth in the squad. But that doesn't really... Melly, you've mentioned it on the pod. It seems to be a lot of aimless crosses in at the box. Yeah, well, going by that, I, I can't agree with that. I know it's bare facts with these expected You're denying goals. facts here. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Melly has his own alternative yeah. facts. What are your yeah, thoughts on flat earth, Melly? <laughs> <laughs> What's your thoughts on bendy water? <laughs> Going by the eye test, Johnny Hayes didn't create any chances yesterday. Hmm. He didn't create it. It was just balls into the box. Now, if you're putting balls into 
areas, that's fine. But if there's nobody there, it's no use to Celtic. And the only real chance I could say that we should have scored yesterday was probably the Edward one when he's put through late on and he, yeah. he sort of puts it high and the keeper saves it instead of drilling it low. Apart from that, there was in Cham where he got laid back. Oh, in was, Cham. A decent save. Put, and put a pin in that one. We'll get to that one. <laughs> and Edward's free kick. Apart from that, we, we barely created. We're just having these wingers out wide, whipping balls into the box to a guy who doesn't header and... Going forward, other strikers, Lee Griffiths, who isn't known for headers. Mm. Bayo's out for the season, we don't even know about him. And going on that as well, Encham and McGregor have to get into the box and have to try and get on the end of these chances. It's just two wingers out wide, one guy up front and nobody coming in behind. So there's there's not enough bodies in the box for me. Did you say Bayo's out for the season there? Yeah. I've missed that one. That's a blow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's only his hamstring. All right. Um, Johnny Hayes. I'm struggling to think of any other instance really where a player has been frozen out for 80-90% of his contract at which point a caretaker manager comes in and now he's almost a fixture. Um, yes, he's almost a fixture at the expense of Sinclair who was he a top goal scorer? Was. 17 goals he's got. I think Edward's on 20 now yeah, and Forrest's on 18. Yeah. So Sinclair has been, Sinclair's been shoved to the side to make way for Johnny Hayes. Uh, you know, for all Johnny Hayes tries, and he does try, it's a peculiar swap, Stephen, is it not? No, it is. I think we've all, we've all been struggling with that for weeks. And Johnny Hayes has been all right. It seems unfair to focus entirely on him, but it is a symptom of what's going wrong with Celtic at the moment. There's People might say we're excessively mourning about this, but Celtic are... As we've said here, struggling to score goals. What is that? Three nil nil draws yep. in the last seven seven, seven, league seven games. games. That's that's Pathetic. yeah. That's that's kind of worrying. And there's a lot of um, there's a lot of kind of worrying noises coming out of Celtic at the moment. Now Celtic are on the brink of history. They could win the the triple triple the yep. triple treble trio. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it, it doesn't seem like it's in the greatest of health. We've got Lennon coming out today. Or coming out after the game and questioning the attitude of the players. He's recently had a go at Timothy Weir for being a poor trainer. And now we're complaining about leaks in the, the camp as well. And we're just failing to score goals. So I think there, there are various strange symptoms at play here. And Johnny Hayes coming in, solidifying his place ahead of Sinclair, ahead of Weir, ahead of Burke, is, is an awful strange one. The way we're playing the now... We're not scoring goals, but we're not creating a lot of chances. It's not as if we're missing these glaring chances where she definitely should have scored that or hit the post. Great save from the keeper. It was a couple of good saves from the keeper, but ah, he was good, yeah. Watching the game and then watching the highlights back again, you're like, we didn't deserve to win. No, and that's the worrying thing as well. I don't know if I agree with that. Come on, I mean, Marciano, we had three good free kicks. That he did he save all three? Saved a good shot from Edward, and ch- I think we must have had about six shots on target. Habs had the, probably the best chance of the game at the end where no, Scott Shaw, Bain. No, Bain was saved with his feet yeah. in a point blank well, range. I, I'm reluctant to throw the baby out of the bathwater here. It was a dismal performance, but I, I think maybe Celtic did do enough to win the game. Maybe, possibly, but it wasn't enjoyable to watch in the slightest. It was dismal, and this is the seventh game where it's not been a good performance. We haven't had a great performance in the league under Neil Lennon. The Going forward, I just don't see a style of play. It's get the ball out wide, but then it's just left up to these players to decide what to do. 
and they don't look like they've got a clue. It doesn't look like there's a plan. We're not playing to our best striker's strength, so just whipping aimless balls into him, which he doesn't like. We've got wingers going wide. We've got no fullbacks overlapping, so all we've got up front is three players to mark. It's simple for defences. There's an accusation that Celtic, Stephen, have abandoned what, you know, rather than continuing what Brendan Rodgers is doing, there's there's an accusation that they've abandoned what they're doing for a more simplistic style of football. You know, people are saying that they're not moving through the phases. They're not doing what Melly was talking about at the beginning of the season where they move the ball from back into midfield as quick as they can, then play through the phases and try and get it up. We're sort of playing this sort of punt it to the channels, yeah. throw, throw some crosses in, see what comes off. It's It was what Melly touched on in the match companion that he recorded for the Patreon about the Hibs game. Neil Lennon seems to be doing that old manager thing of just hoping that your players on the day are better than their players and the best players win it. As far as the change of style goes, well, that's what happens when you change manager. That's the thing. I know a lot of the, the noises that came out at the time were that nothing changes. I'm just here to oversee it, but it has changed fairly yeah. dramatically. Let, let's face it, the, the lineups have been very different. The formations have at times been different and the style of play is very different. So unfortunately, that that is what happens when you go from a very successful manager to a, a new a new phase at a very inconvenient stage of the season. Getting back to the game, we've discussed the performance of Izagiri, we've discussed the performance of Johnny Hayes, which incidentally I don't think Johnny Hayes no, particularly no. bad, but no. I just I think it was worth noting that it seems peculiar to me he's managed to get back or, or make not even get back, make himself a mainstay. And Cham, <laughs> he's, all right, you're laughing. He has missed a lot of football. Yeah. I, I saw on social media after the game, he sort of posted, not the result we wanted, but good to get back on the pitch and get some minutes in the legs. Well off the pace, wasn't he? <laughs> it was absolutely terrible. It was well off the pace has actually kind of been, it's kind of sugarcoating it a bit. Yeah. It, it was awful. Uh, he struggled to find a player with, well, a Celtic player with any of his passes whatsoever. He could easily have been taken off after about 25 minutes, in all honesty. I was tweeting at the time about it, and I said, the guy's just having an absolute nightmare. But then as soon as I said that, he did something good. Mm. And I thought, right, well, this is it. And Cham looks as if he's going to get a hold of this game, because we all know he's capable of it. See, we sat here at the start of this season and congratulated Cham on winning the Player of the Year. He was brilliant Do you remember the, the first of the month or so yeah. of the season? It was absolutely tremendous. It's no exaggeration to say, but that by this point, Olivia Cham could and probably should be Celtic's best player. Yep. He should be the first name in the team sheet yep. if he if he was as good as he we all know he can be. Injury has played a huge part in that. Yes, of course it has. But you just you're looking for him to, to just turn up one of these times, and it was it was absolutely awful. As soon as I said that on Twitter, I said he's going to get a hold of this game and 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 show me, prove me completely wrong because he had a good chance, uh, which was tipped over the bar by Marciano. But then as soon as that happened. He went straight back to type and, and played even worse to the point where there was one moment where he gave the ball away. And, control? Yeah, I just completely miscontrolled it and Hibbs started an attack as a result. And at that point, he looked really frustrated with himself. Yeah. And see, at that point, you'd be as well taking the guy yeah, off. Yeah, see, time. when the head goes down, you'd be as well just getting him off. He sort of struggles away from home a lot, I find. Mm, yeah, I yeah. thought the midfield struggled a lot. Not like Scott Brown. Did okay, he was intercepting a lot of balls. Passing was a wee bit off, much like in Cham in the first half, but his interceptions were absolutely crucial in that game. But again, we're going back to, I don't think in Cham and Scott Brown work in midfield. If they two in there and Cal McGregor, there's a severe lack of creativity. There's a lack of energy when the two midfielders sitting there. We really miss a 
Armstrong Christie type that mm. has the energy, has those driving runs that can get into the box. But we just don't have that right now. We need somebody in there that can do that, but it doesn't look like we've got any the Christie seasons now over. I thought the midfield really struggled to create a lot. There was a lot of times, it was a lot of space in the centre of the park, I felt, and we, we opened up, but there was just that pass. Nobody knew what to do when we, they got into that space and make that pass. It was really fair. Christie, of course, been out for the rest of the season with an injury, which is best described as his whole shit got broke. <laughs> yeah. His head got broke. 50-50, mate. <laughs> One final thing on Johnny Hayes, um, it's nothing to do with his performance, did, but did you see the moment in the second half where he, he was brought down after a nice touch on the edge of the box for a free kick? Um, <laughs> he was brought down, and weirdly enough, he, he was rolling about on the ground so he picked himself back up, and I noticed that he was wearing Calvin Klein boxers. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just Imagine thought, how sweating I, 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 just thought, I don't think I've ever seen that on a football pitch. Yeah. I just assumed that all players would wear some sort of, some sort of like functional, like, Compression shots are like a jock strap or something. This boy was kind of bit and just yeah, jock cotton. Yeah, your boy pinch uh, on the jock straps. <laughs> cotton boxers. Wearing SpongeBob boxer <laughs> shorts on the pitch. What about his dive? Oh, his dive. Yes. Um, was he? Was was, did he get done for that, or did it? Was no, it just he, did, he just sort of got up and Scott Brown had a badge in the first half as well. He did the old uh, Robert Perez leaving the leg in to be. He didn't even leave it, and he threw I it. I kicked out. It. <laughs> Uh, Lustig had one as well where he went down squealing, holding <laughs> the wrong the long, wrong leg that got hit, then got up and took the free kick a second later. Regrettable incident. Aye. There's um, one man who's injured for real. Did he take any dives? Did he have to take any dives? Kieran Tierney, um, oh absent from the squad. The rumours for ages mm. now that Kieran Tierney needed surgery. I think even Brendan Rodgers maybe suggested yeah. it, that he might need surgery. And now Neil Lennon's come out and kind of said... That Just do it now if that's the Kieran case Tierney so he can surgery, get yeah. back... The boys, the boys fought me bits, honestly. Like, just, just Celtic's leave them alone. Fault. Yeah, it's Celtic's fault, and we've been left in the, in the situation where we've only got Easy Gary. He's the only backup, unless you just give up on the Johnny Hayes as a winger thing and just stick him back there, which I wouldn't be against, in no. all honesty. Just as long as it's not Callum McGregor. Kieran Tierney is fought me bits. He's held together with tape just now, and we keep bringing him back too early. And I think back to, remember the game at New Year? He was on the bench against Rangers. He, that guy must have been about 10% fit for that game and he's still on the bench. We just, we must give him a rest now. Just give him the rest of the season off because I'm going back on what I said a few weeks ago where I said, well, we're going to have to play him in the final and the game against Rangers. I just don't think we can afford to now because we're just doing the guy some serious damage. It is the, it is the toll that's getting taken yeah. on him because Neil Lennon sort of says he won't play again this season. I'm going to get these numbers wrong. Did they say that? Aye, after the game, Neil Lennon, as well as warning his players that they're not on holiday yet, um, he says that there's a possibility that Keontini might not play for the rest of the season. Hmm. Unsurprising given the amount of games they play. I think Callum McGregor's on 52 or 53 games this season, not including what he's played for Scotland. And James Forrest is only one game behind them. <laughs> and Celtic as well. Celtic are fond of tweeting that kind of thing as if it's something to be shouted about. Oh, we've got this guy who's played a ridiculous amount of football this season. It's more than anyone in Europe and his legs are falling off at this stage of the season. This is Plus Europe. we have a massive squad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they're all shit underneath them, <laughs> yeah. so we have to play them. It's looking at the lineup again, you're Edward and Cham and Hayes. Apart from that, all those players, outfield players this is, have all been there for a long, long time. They're all dialer signings or back even Lennon's first time around. Yeah. The squad is in dire need again of being refreshed because we're relying like, still on Brown, McGregor, Forrest and Tierney. One of them's going to be 33 in the summer. 
One of them needs hip surgery, possibly, yeah. and the other two have played 60 games nearly this season. It's going to happen to them what's happened to yeah. Kieran Tierney if we don't get more players in that can come in and play. I mean, that is... You know, we're talking about McGregor and Forrest here. We're talking two seasons worth of football a year. That is basically <laughs> yeah. what they're playing if they're yeah. hitting 60 games. This is what I mean, happens. for a regular... For a player, you know, yeah. Hibs or a Motherwell yeah. or a Hearts yeah. player. This is, this is what happens when you're successful but mm. you want to be playing in the Champions League so you want those six games you want to try and get through it Champions League Europa League and get the extra two games you want your players to be playing international football Messi plays 60 games a year every season but you have to manage them as well you have to give them rest but we can't because we don't have yeah. good enough players to come in I mean Hibs are probably going to end up they could end up third the way they're going they beat other teams in the league with players not as good. Yeah, we should be able to beat teams in the league when it comes to that. Well, Hibs are much better now. I remember saying I was at the game in February when Team Aware started. It was an eight-team game. Um, I was at that, and I remember coming away from that and talking on the podcast about how just unimpressed I was by Hibs. I thought they were pretty terrible, but they've totally changed that around since then. I think what that you mean was since getting rid of Neil. Lennon? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Neil Lennon, not only Celtic's second best manager of the season, also Hibs. <laughs> But that, that was just before Heckingbottom took over and he's turned them around massively since then. I don't think Hibs were great in this game either. I don't think yeah. they contributed to any kind of footballing spectacle. But That's even they have, worse for us, Yeah, it? they have massively improved. I was quite... I quite enjoyed Scott Brown's battle with Omionga. Yeah, he was um, good. Yeah. And yeah, I always come away from Hibs watching most Hibs games you know, being impressed with some new player or other and, and he looks a decent player. I think he's on loan from Genoa. Yeah, he's Belgian, isn't he? Yeah, he and Incham have both played for Genoa. I wonder who was the best in oh, that, that, that particular encounter. I'd never, I'd never really heard of Paul Hakingbottom before he joined. No, before I he think joined Tibbs. Kind of largely a, a jobbing manager down south. Aye, so I had a wee look at his career. He's mostly played for English low division teams called City and Town. <laughs> you know, you've got Norwich City, Bradford City, Mansfield Town, Harrogate Town, Sunderland Town, <laughs> uh, Barnsley City. That's uh, that's the sort of teams he's played for. But he's done a he's done a sterling job at Hibs from coming out of nowhere. They're the informed team in yeah. the league at the moment. I think they've are they only lost one game since taking over and that was to us. Yeah, that was the cup. So yeah. I don't think he's lost in the league. No, undefeated. Get him in. <laughs> I was about to say that. I think maybe <laughs> should they be a candidate? Leading to him after the game saying he was a little bit in love with his players. Yeah. Easier. I know, right. <laughs> um I mean I, I think it's fair to say we all appreciate Celtic are failing to score goals. Yeah. Um, but they're doing a good job at the, the other end of the pitch. Yes. Yeah. A uh, shout out once again for Celtic. A shout out. Yeah. This isn't a hip hop radio <laughs> station, Steve. We're not shouting out. Um, uh, a nod towards. Um, there we go. A gentleman's nod towards Celtic's uh, defence, <laughs> who are doing a good job. Celtic don't really concede many goals and haven't done for a long time. With Bain in the team, with Ayer and Jozo, we've not had any consistency with the lineups at the back no. all season, and they've still managed to do really well in defence. I think we've conceded st- still in the teens in goals. Yep. Um, I think we're on course to beat uh, last season's defensive record, barring any catastrophes. So, I Celtic have conceded by far the least amount of goals this yeah. season. They've only conceded, they've only conceded seventeen goals. Quite unbelievably. How many? What is the highest number of goals conceded in the league, and by who? Oh, um, got to be Dundee. Yeah, but they're joint, so I'll give you Dundee. All oh, right, okay, Dundee and Ham- Livingston, Hamilton. Dundee and Hamilton are joint. How many goals have they conceded? Dundee Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Dundee, 54. Melee? 58. 70. <laughs> <laughs> Celtic have conceded 17 goals. Rangers have conceded 25. Aberdeen, 37, which is quite high. Mm. And then bottom of that particular league table, it's uh, two 70s with Dundee, Hamilton. <sighs> That's two, goal, aye. That's yeah. two goals a game, isn't it? Aye. Aye, aye. <laughs> um, uh, Rangers must have scored a lot more goals than Celtic, haven't they? There's not much in it. Rangers are the top of that particular league. 76 goals, highest goal scorers in the league. Celtic on 71. Um, this is another trophy for the Jairs. Yeah. Another, another trophy for the Jairs. This was a problem last season. I think Rangers may, maybe scored more goals than is it last season. It was roughly mm. the same. Remember last season, January we got and we were crying out for some creativity. We brought in Musonda. Didn't work out for him, obviously. I've mentioned it before, but we've still not addressed that situation, have we? No. Arzani was maybe an attempt at that, but that was yeah, a, he was a gamble a at best. Yeah. But then from that, you lose Roberts, you lose Armstrong, you lose Dembele. It's a lot of goals to take out the team and none have been replaced. So this drop-off in goals was bound to happen. It is yeah. bound to happen. If you look at the form table, the last six games of which Hibs are on top... Celtic have scored seven in their oh. last in the last six games um, to Rangers, who are fourth in the form table. They've scored thirteen goals. Right. You know, Rangers are scoring quite a lot of goals. Yeah, yeah. Um, Celtic have, of course, got Kilmarnock at home yeah. next week. You know, any any trip up there, we could end up going to Ibrox, still not having wrapped the league up. Ah, well, the fact that we're even still talking about this, we keep talking for weeks now. We keep talking about handing them psychological advantages now they're still well off it in terms of points but every time we're, we're continuously having to look over our shoulder because they can't get over the line this should, this league should be over by now mm. and if we turn up it's it's still unlikely but if we turn up to Ibrox with the league still not won then it's just handing them another massive boost so, because so, what we, so what we're looking at we're looking at nine points as it stands yeah we need four points to win the league we need four points to win the league well you know I draw against Kamarnock bump the hands yeah, we could win at the Ibrooks. Could win, but but again, that game that is a situation which has already been ramped up to absolute fever pitch with the Scott Brown carry on, like Scott Brown getting up the Huns and the, yeah. ex, the explosion of nonsense after that with the not acting in the best interest of Scottish football. What's happening with that? Actually, I know you've got Stephen Gerrard whipping up frenzies, ramping it up to absolute fever pitch going into this game. It's already going to be a high pressure situation with them. At peak Hunnery with <laughs> only eight hundred fans, eight hundred Celtic fans there. It's going to be a a poisonous atmosphere already. We don't want to be handing them these these advantages. It's not, I mean, I, I still say it's extremely unlikely, but Celtic should have had it sealed by now. It would be the collapse of all collapses. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I don't I, I don't see it. We only, yeah. as many as we only need four points. Just for talking sake here. We, we, have, got, get, we have got two games before that. We've got Kilmarnock at home, then Aberdeen away. Yeah. But mm. we have, we've only won one game since we beat Rangers. We've drawn with Livingston, drawn with uh, Hibs at the weekend there. Beat ten nine men Aberdeen. Now you're starting to doubt was that a good performance? It was against nine men after all, but we did play decent on the day. But it's just starting to doubt everything now looking at this team. So what was it when Neil Lennon took over? It was eight points clear yeah. because Brendan Rodgers they had won the game and then Brendan Rodgers left the day before the Hearts game, so it was mm-hmm. eight points clear, and now it's nine points. So seven games later, we've added one point onto the advantage, but that in that time. Rangers have dropped points in three games in a row. Rangers and, we, have, and we beat them. Yeah, exa- yeah exactly. <laughs> Effectively a six-pointer. Rangers have dropped seven points in the last six or seven games. Yeah. So 
to me, that is evidence that we just keep letting them back in there. Just a tiny fraction rate, with just a sh- like a sliver of light, we keep showing them. For no reason, though, we should just be absolutely ruthlessly hammering these teams. I know that's easier said than done, but Livingston was a golden opportunity to yeah. just go out and absolutely drill a team and just stop all this, just stop Rangers even having a hope of getting back into it. We Rangers haven't won four games in a row in the league this season. So that is the only keeping us ahead. Right <laughs> if you want to look at the Rangers results since playing Celtic, since losing to us, 3-0 Hearts, 3-0 Motherwell, 3-1 Hearts. Hmm. Um, and they've got Aberdeen mixed. Um, who they've, I don't think they've beat Aberdeen in Glasgow yet, have they? No. No, is that three times Aberdeen have beat them in yeah. Glasgow this season? Brilliant. So, you know... It's it is it's 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 worrying me. Not so much worrying me for the title, no. But you know, anything can happen this season, as yeah. as we've as we've shown. But we should be doing to teams what Rangers are doing. We should be blasting, like you say, blasting these teams out of the water. We are the ones with something to play for here. Yeah, they're the ones whose season's in the bin already. Neil Lennon keeps saying as well. He keeps saying that this is their the players' time. This is their time, and they're not doing it. That's why we started questioning attitudes because. It's right in front of them. History is right in front of them, and they're just they're just not grabbing it. It's there. He's absolutely right. This is the players. It's on their plate. We can blame Lennon all we like, and and certain people probably rightly will for the this result and the the debate rages on. But ultimately, the players need to take a bit of responsibility for this. I know the player. The players do need to take responsibility, but I'm, I wouldn't say any of the players have been terrible recently. I no. just don't think they know what they're doing on the pitch. Apart from that, in shambles yesterday. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> there we go. It was right there. Yeah, I, you I have to, to take, take that one. That's happened. Uh, apart, but I just think they're all just devoid of ideas when they go out in that pitch. It just seems to be we're playing a lot of long balls from the goalkeepers and losing the ball. We're going from Ayers playing diagonals over at the fullbacks. We're not doing what we we did do, and that's keep the ball and sort of suffocate teams, break them down until we found that space and opened them up. Now it just seems to be a bit hit and rush, a bit mm. of hit and hope, rather than that methodical way of breaking them down. Obviously the debate rages on about whether or not Neil Lennon should get the job. All, all I will say is on that, he's not making the case. Mm. He's not making the case at the moment to get the job. You don't want to rush in Stephen and make an emotional appointment. No, no, you absolutely don't. <laughs> as as uh, Mr. Solskjaer has is uh, gloriously providing there. Um, uh, there are a lot of parallels to be drawn between those two appointments. It happened roughly, kind of roughly about mm-hmm. the same time. Well, Solskjaer maybe a little bit before that. Um, the very different circumstances. Yeah. Solskjaer came in to re- reinvigorate a squad to inject a little bit of passion and sort of belief in a squad that had been mercilessly ruined by the poison of Jose Mourinho. Lennon sucked that right out. (laughs) So that was Solskjaer's job, which he did. And then all very, very quickly, as soon as he signed that permanent contract, the bubble burst and they've sank straight back down to the same level, maybe even even further than they were. Lennon was different. Lennon had to come in and steady a ship after an unfortunate poisonous situation with a, with a admittedly very successful manager. So it was, it was very different, but I'm looking at that and I'm thinking, right, this, this is what can happen if you make emotional decisions when it comes to your football club. Now, don't get me wrong, I would love for Neil Lennon to come in and be the absolute best man for the job. Melly, you talked last week, I think it was, um, in fact, no, it was on the Friday phone-in, you talked about how good it would be to have the 10 in a row up there and Neil Lennon's face yeah. all over, what, six, his face on six of those trophies, oh, if they yes. would make a 10 in a row post, that would be amazing. But I just think 
Sean McDonald was in in this very studio last week. Blethered podcast in that on, seat. Yeah, he was. Um, he was in this very studio, and he, what he said was um, was spot on. He said that one of the Celtics' most important decisions in recent memory was appointing someone who didn't have any emotional connection to it whatsoever. He was talking about Vim Jansen, of course, to to stop the ten. He came in with no emotional links to the club at all. He just came in and did the job. And I think that's what Celtic need to do this time. They have to take emotion entirely out of it. They need to appoint the right guy. Whether that's Neil Lennon, I'm not saying he's not. But we have to consider it much more broadly than he's a Celtic man. He gets the club. He's the man to get the, the passion to, to roar over the line with 10, ten or all that. I'm just, I'm not buying any of it. No, I just, no. I don't think it should come into it. I think you need to make the business decision and it has to be the right man. Man United's right man was Mauricio Pochettino and now they've blown that because of the emotion involved in Ole Gunnar Solskjaer coming in. Man United, when you look at the lineup yesterday, you can say, well, fair enough, they get beat because that is absolutely honking. Again, but Chris Smallin and Phil Jones at the back. That's seven years ago. Very similar to Celtic mm, right now yeah. with Izagiri and Lustig. We need new players in. We need a manager in. The manager's saying about the players' attitudes. For me, the manager, Brendan Rodgers, would have changed that the tactics yesterday. Instead yeah. of bringing on like-for-like like mm. players, he would have done something different. Neil Lennon has come in in a difficult situation where the team were playing well. They were top of the league. We're still with it winning uh, the triple now going forward I keep saying there's such a short time in between the season finishing and the qualifiers for the Champions League starting well over the weekend I've sort of changed my mind on that because Brendan Rodgers was appointed in May and got us into the Champions League and brought a team mm. to an invincible treble if you get the right man in timing it shouldn't really matter because Neil Lennon's going to get the same time with them Brendan Rodgers came in knew it had a look at the players, went out and bought the players. This team needs refreshed. It needs it needs a big lift because I don't think Lennon's doing that at all. If anything, this the drop off from Rogers and the way he works to Lennon is absolutely huge now yeah. by the looks of it. I mean, there's been hints in what the players have said that that is the case. You know, Scott Brown said about Brendan Rogers when he was you know when he was still Celtic manager that the level that he took things Neil well, Lennon said it I mean, the professionalism is a way up he couldn't quite believe it as you say Neil Lennon said it so that just tells you that what Neil Lennon's doing is down from that you know yeah. he even by Neil his Rick, own admission by his own admission I'm just I've, I've just listening as we've been talking here I've just decided it's a no yeah. oh, that's hard for you as well you're a Lenny man yeah no. it's a no for me you're the Lenny man Aye. of the TMT nah it's a no so I've just decided there as I was talking my way through it and listening to it and Stephen's partner on the the Ole Gunnar Solskjaer type <laughs> thing and all that, yeah, not not for me, not, not for you, Jeff, not for me, Jeff. I'm out. It, Former Neil Lennon cheerleader <laughs> James Von Doom. Listen, I still love the guy, but sometimes you know you just don't go back. And we're all I, I, effectively. I'm joking there by saying you are, but you are the you are the biggest Lennon fan among us. But we're all huge Lennon fans, and we don't want to say or oh, get him out. Get, yeah. That that kind of hurts to say. We don't really want to it's say. Not really getting him out, but is it? It's just not going it's to continue. Not, it's just thanks for thanks for that. Yes, yeah. but but that's that's the situation we've been left in. It's Neil Lennon is the only guy who would have created this if if they'd appointed just some out of work manager let's say it doesn't really matter John Hughes right if they mm. appointed John Hughes to simply just take over for a couple of months everybody would, know, would have known he's not getting the job yeah. full time there wouldn't have been this circus around it and I think that's just it's a really hard situation to be in what's happened here with Neil Lennon is circumstances isn't it no no what's happened is Neil Lennon is a girl that he used to date in school 
then you do. I could do else. better than that. Yeah, I have to say, I could do better than well, Neil Lennon. Yeah, you probably could. You probably could. <laughs> Neil Lennon is a girl you used to date in school or at university, and then a breakup and a couple of years pass, and you're at work, and you go out for a couple of dates, and after it, you're just like, mm, thanks, but no thanks. You know what I mean? It's not as good as it was the first time Are around. Are you saying we should just start blanking Neil Lennon's text? Let's ghost him. Aye. We should ghost him after us. We're just, in, we're just, we're just on different paths in our life. You and I, Neil, we just want different things. Um, it is Kilmarnock this weekend, as I said. Not an easy one. Not an easy one. We have wrapped the league up against Kilmarnock mm. on this day, as as it is twenty second of April two thousand and seven. Celtic two, Kilmarnock one. At Rugby Park, Melly. Can you remember it? Yes, lovely day, lovely strip. The green and black streets. Black. Yeah. Bell, mean you've got that one, Stephen. Yes, we do. Me? Oh, strip yes. friends. <laughs> <laughs> uh, last minute free kick from Nakamura. Lovely. It's a weird sort of free kick because it bounces just before it goes in. Lovely free kick, but again, uh, I think it was Ian Crocker was commentating said it's so typical of Celtic, so and so late and. It just seemed to be like that, that it season did, under Strachan. We, we won the league by quite a distance because we're obviously winning it in April, but it wasn't great. Celtic's now manager, then player Neil Lennon was playing, but uh, I feel we quiz coming on. <laughs> uh, get the quiz master again, oh, best. Well, okay. 2007. You know the rules, don't you? Toss a coin. And because it was so recently, I'm not going to accept any less than three. Oh, right. Right, so we're going to toss a coin. Hands or tails, Melly. Tails, obviously, I'm not picking the queen. <laughs> and it is tails. <laughs> Melly, you, you get to choose. Do you go first or are you passing? Uh, I could say four. Okay, so just the rules of this game is Melly has to guess how many players of that squad he can pick. Stephen either has to up the ante or tell Melly to go for it. And it's sudden death. I'll go I'll go five then, oh. just for the sake of it. Just to just to brass balls there. Huh? Melly? I'll let him go for this one. No. Okay, fine. Right, here <laughs> Called we go. my bluff. Okay. <laughs> right, here we go. Boric. Yes. Venegar Hesslink. Yep. Nakamura. Yep. Caldwell. Yep. McManus. Is incorrect. Ah, oh, oh. Right, the Make last day. second there. Oh, he came on as a substitute. Right, so okay, I will I'll give have, you. I'll have it. Uh, who would be? So, Lee Naylor? Is incorrect. No. Try to figure the right and left backs. The team you can have that day was Arthur Boric, Gary Caldwell, John Kennedy, oh, oh, Stephen Presley, <laughs> Darren O'Dea, Nakamura. So oh. many centre halves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nakamura, Lennon, Gravison, who was substituted for McGee in the 65th minute, Hartley, who was substituted for Yuri Jarosik in the 87th minute, Venigur of Hesslink, and the one and only Wee Deek. Oh, Derek Ryerden. Do you know what? I take it back. That couple is of, the most uninspiring lineup I've heard. A couple of issues there. One, you told me before going into this that Neil Lennon played in the game and I didn't. Yeah, I said you could have had both yeah. goal scorers yeah. and Neil Lennon. <laughs> yeah, I nearly went for Yarosik actually. I thought that was because I couldn't really remember the lineup of that game, but I can picture players in that strip yeah. really yeah. vividly. Uh, and you could have had unused subs of uh, Brown, Miller, Beatty, Perry, Dumbe, or Sheridan. That was a rubbish, rubbish, <laughs> rubbish team. Yes. And I suppose since we're doing on this day, it would be only right, Stephen, 
to mark this day. Um, a momentous like, occasion. A momentous occasion, absolutely. In the diary of any Celtic fans, it, it really should be uh, number To be one. honest, if you already don't know what we're talking about, I want you to click unsubscribe from this podcast, <laughs> you disgrace. Um, it is, of course, Dion Dublin's birthday. <laughs> Not just his birthday. Not just his birthday, the big... Dion Dublin is the big 5-0 today. Congratulations, big man. Um, <laughs> he listens in between filming Holmes Under the Hammer, yeah. I'm sure. And I thought, it's, I thought it'd be nice to go back and look at his... His biggest moment in a Celtic jersey, Lord knows there weren't that many of them. I'll be completely honest here, it's not really about Dion Dublin. We are using Dion Dublin as a narrative device to oh, talk man. about a certain game that he played in. He played in the 2006 CIS Cup Final, one of his few appearances for Celtic. I think he got enough appearances that year to get a league medal yeah, at the end of it, appearance. and then he came on and scored in the final. Now, that final, I have a particular fond memory of... Not least of all, it was probably Roy Keane's best performance for Celtic. That he, the Ibrox game? He, he, he played really at. well against Rangers at Ibrox. Bossing, uh, the most influential U- midfielder in Europe in Barry Ferguson. <laughs> but, <laughs> but Roy Keane in this game was absolutely brilliant. He was kind of well on his way to being man of the match before. Eventually he pulled up, he got a hamstring injury and went off injured. And really that was, that was pretty much it for his career, sadly. Um, but he went out with a, a good performance. The goals in the game... Brilliant. The first one is a... Why is it brilliant, Steve? <laughs> well, <laughs> I'll tell you, it was Magic Zaravsky who scored the, the opening goal and what led to it was a clanger from then and now Rangers keeper Alan McGregor, who was on loan at Dunfermline. At the time, he just comes out and just spills it at the feet of Zaravsky, who knocks it in. Second goal. Lovely. Brilliant. Um, free kick from Sean Maloney. Sean Maloney was on this podcast still available to Patreon subscribers at patreon.com forward slash 20 minute times. We spoke to uh, Mr. Maloney and he told us at the time that obviously Nakamura was was the free kicks guy at, at Celtic, but it, it was all right about giving Maloney the free kick when it was his position and this sure enough was, and he, he bent it in. Um, Lord, I'd give anything for one of the two right now. Oh, I know, I know. Like, Sean Maloney was brilliant at free kicks as well and we don't... Well, who was the last like, properly good Three kick takers we had, do you think? Uh, Van Dyke was decent. Van Dyke was good. In fact, Gadetti was, was pretty good at him as well. Dembele? Did he, he, no. He scored a few for France, but mm. didn't seem to have transformed into his Celtic career. That that day, though, the cup final, it was uh, a couple of days after Jimmy Johnson had died. Yeah. So all the players wore seven on their shorts as well as any Johnson in the back as yeah, well. Yeah, a nice wee, a nice wee tribute to him. Don't forget the goal. Of course, uh, the goal. The goal that's brought us here. Dion Dublin sweeps at home. From a, a week up back, getting that. I think Paul Telfer cross. Yeah, or Paul Telfer cross. Premiership made. <laughs> <laughs> Coventry made as well. Uh, yes, yeah, 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 for Coventry. Um, I think Dion Dublin got one other goal, maybe for Celtic. I think he made a score against Kilmarnock, a kind of meaningless goal in like a four or five one victory. But this was definitely his, his big moment. Wearing that number nine shirt as well. Yeah, did did he that. play with Thompson at Villa then as well? Possibly, they might, might well have done, yeah. Ah, he so was he at Villa was, a long time. He was at Villa and uh, Coventry. Broke his neck in a match once. Did he? Yeah, played on. <laughs> that is the mark. <laughs> that is the mark of the man. And do you know what? That's why we're discussing him a today. A proper 90s hard man. I remember this game, I'm ashamed to admit that. I was out uh, with my mate's work at the time. I was a ringer for my mate's work. I didn't oh. work there, but they brought me out and paid for everything anyway. But So I was absolutely wrecked at this. I, I didn't go to the game. I was I watched it in... Um, not Chandler's and Cleveland. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, O'Neill's in the Merchant City. And then we ended up in a rather dingy 
skin bar. Fairmont <laughs> <laughs> in, in Glasgow. And, and what was that? A Sunday afternoon? Yeah, it was in the middle of the afternoon. You were in the strip. <laughs> I bet that was the reserves. That, that oh, it's, it's no the A squad at that <laughs> time of the day. Visible <laughs> wounds, <laughs> scars on show. Um, I, I actually remember the exact point where I found out Dion Dublin was signing for Celtic. I was on the way to Lille in France on a bus to see Oasis. And of course, <laughs> of course, it was very on brand for me. <laughs> I know, I know. And uh, a friend texted and said Celtic signing double D, and for the life of me, couldn't figure out who it was. And then when he said Dion Dublin, that's when I realised that this is it. We are downsizing. <laughs> that is utterly shambolic. Thirty-six years of age. Size is something that often comes into <laughs> discussions of Dion Dublin. I'm glad you said downsizing there because Dion Dublin was very much upsizing uh, when it came to Celtic strikers. Uh, I won't go too much into detail there, but there was a there's a passage in I think Alex Ferguson's autobiography the where he, dis- he describes a certain part of Dion Dublin as magnificent. <laughs> I'll leave it there. You can go and search that out yourself. <laughs> Proud of you, big man. Happy birthday. You know, yeah. So Alex Ferguson said, not just big. It's magnificent. <laughs> High praise indeed. High praise indeed. If there's one man who's seen many penises, <laughs> it's Alex Ferguson. <laughs> um, is that it? Any other business? Have we reached the end of this podcast, Stephen? Anything else of note? Uh, well, just a, a wee, another wee gentleman's nod to the fact that I think on this day, it was, it's now four years to the day since uh, Kieran Tierney made his debut for Celtic and we have run him into the ground yes, for 600 games. <laughs> yes, 600 games in four years. And who did he come on for? That, that, was it Dens Dunfermline? Park, uh, Dundee away. Dens Dundee. Park. Came on for Emilio Izagiri. Of course he did. <laughs> and then fast forward four years and Izagiri's coming on for Kieran Tierney. And on that, of course, we have to give mention to our Patreon over the last couple of weeks, we have had the Brexit of Champions, which is a pilot episode of a kind of daily update that we are trialling. Yeah, um, as I said on there, what is, people will remember James Richardson uh, presenting the Italian football coverage uh, for Channel 4 in the 90s. And a big part of that was him sitting in Italian plazas, reading the Italian newspapers, flicking through and telling about the stories. It's a bit like that, only... Oh, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> so that's something we're, we're trying out. And if yeah. uh, if people like that, we get some good feedback on it. We'll keep it going. There was obviously Melly at the match, our instant reaction podcast, where Melly yeah. gives you the verdict right after the games as he attends them. We had the match companion for the Hibs game, yep. which, which, which Melly put out. And we have in the pipeline, a lot of people like this one, O'Neill Years. Yes, yep. And that, that one coming around soon. That will be out soon. Friday night phone-in last week as well. And of course, Melly, we had the Friday night phone-in for the treble tier patrons. Uh, it gives them an opportunity every fortnight to put in their calls and questions on absolutely anything. Uh, and we answer those. And lots that's and lots of wrestling and James Bond questions we I seem to it. get. Yeah. I love it. Drown me in it. As the kids say, inject it right into my veins. Listeners of all ages as well. Listeners of all ages. Thanks for listening. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. 
and it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. 